states are finding creative ways in which they can wiggle way in there. Yeah, no, nah, this is now a taxable service, and so it's something you got to be aware of and watch out for. It's it's wild how the states get creative in finding ways to get more and more money, more tax dollars.、Um, but yeah, they they have a way. Massachusetts is the one I think on the front lines of、uh, taxing digital products and、uh, other intangibles as well. I mean, they definitely are trying to increase their、uh, tax revenues through the sales tax imposition. Hello, you are listening to the Saltcast by Paisner Johnson, the sales tax people. And for the last thirty plus years, we have been providing sales tax solutions and peace of mind to everyone we talk to. In June 2018, Economic Nexus was introduced to the U.S. Every state rushed to establish Economic Nexus thresholds. Massachusetts, however, maintains that they had their laws on the books since October 2017, and is trying to get companies to pay the sales tax retroactively. What does Jason and Paul think of this? Let's find out. Really covering, you know, states trying to retroactively come after you and get sales tax, collect the sales tax from you. Is it was was this caused by the Wayfair decision? So well, let's just talk a little bit about、back? it. Yeah, how it came about because the whole premise here is states were preparing for Wayfair to be decided, and in their hopes that Wayfair would be decided in their favor, several states, maybe a dozen or so. Passed legislation that essentially said, out-of-state retailers sending goods into their state, customers in their state, established nexus. Right, and at the time, it's like no way. <laughs>、uh, that's unconstitutional. You you can't require me to collect your tax just because I have sales that go into your state. But they passed the legislation in 2017, and some of them maybe even earlier, in hopes that. Either a lawsuit would be filed, or they would somehow be able to require out-of-state sellers to do this. So naturally,、um, when it came to South Dakota, lawsuits were filed. It was ramped up, expedited, so that it would go straight up、uh, through the ranks in South Dakota, and then would be required to go to the U.S. Supreme Court. So all of that expedited, ran through, and then obviously in July of 2018. U.S. Supreme Court said, "Yeah, that's a fair law." So, the states who had passed legislation prior to that really didn't have a position to retroactively collect tax prior to that decision. You know,、mm-hmm. effect of that decision, you could say, okay, because that law was deemed fair by the U.S. Supreme Court, then our law, if it was similar or followed similar patterns. And had similar thresholds or protections, then that means our law is good as well. And so there, there were states that were ready to begin enforcing that legislation or economic nexus as early as July of 2018 when the decision was made. But、um, take a you know an assertive or an aggressive state like Massachusetts. 
they say, you know what? Uh, the law was deemed good. Our law was on the books effective October 2017. So we're actually going to require you to remit the tax you did not collect under the law that was not constitutional <laughs> um, going back to October 2017. And gratefully, there's some companies out there with the ability to say, no, no, that's not going to, that's not okay with us. And so I think there's six companies that have filed a, a lawsuit with Massachusetts um, against this retroactive approach that they have made. And there's probably hundreds, maybe thousands of companies that have probably complied with that retroactive. But it just brings up the question. It, it doesn't even seem fair, but can a state actually have the ability to retroactively collect tax. Sometimes the legislation has to say that this is retroactive in nature, which I think would get a lot of pushback. Mm -hmm. But I believe it was in the Supreme Court case, uh, South Dakota v. Wayfair, that, that there was a pushback on this idea of retroactive application of law prior to the date that uh, the case was decided. So, yeah, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's just terrible that you have a state trying to collect tax from sellers who didn't collect that tax prior to the decision date. Right. Well, because I'm just thinking, like, when these companies, they're probably just getting registered into the state of Massachusetts. Like, okay, now we have nexus because of the economic nexus thresholds and so so one of the questions on the questionnaire when you're getting registered is you know when did you start doing business in massachusetts so they probably put you know it could have been 2018 they're registering in 2022 like okay well now you owe us that but i'm not sure if that's the exact scenario or maybe they're already registered but they didn't have nexus yeah, I think it's the latter. I don't think it's companies that are just now getting registered. I, I mean, just based off of materiality and how much tax these guys owe, a lot of them are the larger companies that have been around for a while that um, maybe they had a mom and pop shop in a neighboring state and now they have this, you know, economic nexus now just comes into play for them. And so now they're under audit. Hey, you got registered hmm. uh, in 2018. Uh, because of economic nexus, but you know, we, we actually are going to go back to 2017. And to Jason, to your point, it's uh, it, it seems unruly. Like, un are, are you joking? Like right now? And for certain taxpayers, um, it's just not material enough to fight it. But for these guys, you know, it is material enough. They, I think the. They're, they're looking at several million dollars in tax owed. And so, you know, if we could pay an attorney or uh, somebody to go, you know, fight this and have to spend, you know, a third or a quarter or less than that, I mean, it would be worth it from a materiality perspective. But yeah, a lot of them, I think it seems like more they're under audit because, you know, you've been registered for a few years now and now we're going to come audit and see what's what's new but it could be and that's for new registered for new registrants for new taxpayers they always want to 
no. You know, is the state going to want to go back? Are they going to try and get me back for before I, I got registered? I mean, the statute of limitations doesn't apply if you didn't file a return and you didn't remit any tax. So there's there's no preventative measure here. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's offensive to your core. Yeah. Um, to to <laughs> do this, but remember, this is this, this is companies that exceeded the threshold or. Uh, the position that Massachusetts had before Wayfair. Right. Right. So if you just crossed a threshold under their economic nexus legislation in 2019, 2020, or even recently, then the state doesn't really have any recourse. The only time they have recourse is to say you exceeded the threshold prior to this date. And so if our effective date of the legislation is October of 2017 and you were exceeding the threshold, at that time, then we require a registration or tax collected on sales made from that date forward. And so really it's this October to July period or October to June period where Massachusetts is saying, we believe you were doing business in our state based on our nexus laws. And therefore we're going to require it all the way back to that date. And uh, I obviously I hope the taxpayers win because I just there's nothing worse than a state passing a law that's not constitutional. Um, and then once. Possibly it becomes constitutional, saying we're going to tie it all the way back to a date prior to what made it constitutional. Right. right? And uh, I don't want to get too political here, but. <laughs> But it's like offering something to somebody, knowing it's not constitutional, you don't have the authority to do it. And then a lot of time goes by and through the judiciary, they come back and say, yeah, you don't have the authority to do that. And you say, ah, sorry, guys. I mean, it just didn't work out. Right. You just this idea of it uh, going beyond your uh, political capacity to do something like the state yeah. of Massachusetts passing a law that said out sellers outside the state of Massachusetts have to collect tax from sales that they make into Massachusetts um, just was not allowed under current nexus guidelines or all of the court decisions that have been made in the last four or five decades related to sales tax. And I can appreciate that approach to just require it and try to get some compliance behind it. But it's, it's beyond the pale to say, we're, we're actually going to take you back to that point because of wafer. Right. Right. And we're seeing the same thing with income tax. I mean, this is what you're yeah. going to see as we roll forward with income tax. You're going to have states yep. that say, it's always been our law that yeah. you're supposed to pay income tax in our state. If you have sales coming into our state, and you may have states that try to make that retroactive, mm -hmm. um, but this definitely is bubbling up on the income tax side as well. And uh, could, could be what I find, or, or what I'm curious about, is if these six companies win, and Massachusetts is deemed to uh, not be allowed to go back to October of 17, but only July of 18, based on thresholds that were passed, 
will people who complied be able to get a refund? Because 2017 is beyond the statute of limitations <laughs> to obtain wow. a refund. So is it just, yeah. oops, yeah, we got your money. Because mm-hmm. um, remember, this was not collected mm-hmm. from customers and remitted to the state of Massachusetts. You, you as an agent of the state being the seller, this came out of your pocket with penalty and interest. Because yeah. you didn't comply to a law that wasn't compliable. Mm-hmm. I know that's not a word. And <laughs> and, and th- that came out. So are you going to have access to a refund, even though those tax dollars were paid for a period that's outside the statute of limitations? Yeah. I'm interested in how all this will play out. But Well, I think you'll, in regards to the refund, you have to pay attention to how the state defines the statute you know because some states it's based off of when the payment was made Mm. uh some some it's based off of the period you know so if i made a payment in 2023 but it was for a 2017 period give me that money back yeah i made it so (laughs) it just depends but it's also not super surprising that massachusetts is is being this creative if you will if if you'll recall it's a kind word (laughs) If you'll recall, Massachusetts was one of the few states that established what they called cookie nexus, you know, by simply going Mm -hmm. to a website and now I've got internet cookies. Well, now I have nexus in Massachusetts. I mean, they're just finding more and more creative ways. It reminds me of another discussion we had recently with a client about services. I mean, services aren't subject to tax. You're right. But states are finding creative ways in which they can wiggle way in there yeah no nah, this is now a taxable service and so it's something you got to be aware of and watch out for and it's it's wild how the states get creative and finding ways to get more and more money more tax dollars 100%. um but yeah they they have a way massachusetts is the one i think on the front lines of uh, taxing digital products and um other intangibles as well i mean they definitely are trying to increase their um, tax revenues through the sales tax imposition. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. And you bring up another topic that's probably good for another podcast, but um, every service is, is not what you might think it is, right? We come across uh, plenty of individuals, plenty of companies who are providing the service and they're like, our service is not taxable. This is the name of our service, right? Now I get yeah. it. <laughs> it may it may not be as direct as you think it is that this is yeah. uh, taxable, but it determine it, it depends on what the state classifies or defines your service as under their statute. And so, um, you you very well may be providing a taxable service that you might think is not taxable, but if you were to look at how the state would classify it, it may fall under a taxable category, but. That's probably a conversation for another day. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you, Jason. If, if Massachusetts wins, I'm sure there'll be a lot of other States that are going to, you know, jump on the bandwagon. So you can expect that. No, no, there's too many other wonderful States that would never do that to (laughs) outside sellers. You know, sarcasm is coming through so brightly. (laughs) It's all perspective. I don't don't want to. I don't want to take it as far as it's an immorality, but I mean, it seems immoral to ask somebody to do, to comply with something 
before it was legally, yes, I'm going to use the word again, compliable. Compliable. <laughs> We're going to add that one to the Webster Dictionary, or Wikipedia at least. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. I'm going to go do it right now because I'm allowed to do that. That's good. Listen, That's good. If, if Massachusetts does start, you know, offering refunds, I don't think they're going to publicize that. But it's definitely something we can help out with, especially if you're remitting quite a bit. Hundred so, percent. So yeah, pay attention. If you if you had to retroactively pay your sales tax, and you know, it comes down That's on not the our side fee, of the by the way. I'm just in agreement with you. Our fee is not a hundred percent, but I am in agreement that we can help you with that for sure. Sweet. Well. I think that pretty much covers the topic. Um, thank you guys for being on with me today. And I know we'll see you guys on another one. Awesome. Have a good one, guys.